everyone, and welcome to episode 52 of uh, the NTS podcast. And we're lucky to be joined today by the current uh, NLC full open champion, Maxi, uh, and the only one of those that's still actually in the NLC. Um, so yeah, Maxi, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Yeah, we're all good. And um, kind of before we actually talk too much about the NLC, we do want to go maybe and look back at um, sort of a couple of different teams you've been on previously, maybe go back and yeah, do a bit of history and a um, couple of teams you played on, I think are quite relevant to some things going on at the moment. Um, and one thing on on that topic especially was the time you spent in FlyQuest. So for those that don't know, you did actually spend um, roughly, was it sort of a year or so, or just slightly less? Yeah. Um, it was a year, two splits. Yeah, so with uh, FlyQuest Academy, you did have one uh, game and a 100% win rate in the main team. I think it was... Was it Santorin would have been their jungler at the time? I think it was Eos. Did you yeah. just steal my stat? I, I, oh, I've just, I've, that is shame, shamely, <laughs> that one. I, I, I searched for a good five minutes for that statistic. Well, mine now. Story of Thunder, sorry, Tom. Um, yeah, obviously, one, one thing I think especially is why that's quite relevant at the moment is, of course, with the whole um, thing about the imports. Obviously, you know, the owners trying to get the imports bans um, well import restrictions lifted and some places trying to make up rubbish excuses that somehow it's going to help the na players there um but yeah just kind of in general what was just your thoughts of actually playing in there just as a whole really because we you've seen uh, you often hear for players that go over there especially things like the ping being an issue and um and just that the players other players there aren't taking things as seriously so what was your just sort of general experience to begin with uh, of playing in na uh, I actually really enjoyed playing in NA. I like my teammates, I like the organization, everything. But the level of play in NA, especially academy, is just incredibly low. I think it was really hard for me to improve as a player, even though I had Centaurin as a good jungler and a kind of a mentor when I was there to talk to. I think the level is just not very high in academy compared to ERLs. Mm -hmm. And ob obviously the ping is a huge issue too. Because when you play on 60 ping and you play with players on 10 ping from, from the other coast, it's it's really unfair and makes the game even boring in a way, I think, Yeah. when you play with high ping. Well, I think I remember seeing, I think it was like, might have been Bwipo or something in an interview once, just kind of giving the, the example of like, if you're just, even if it's like a certain champion you're playing and you're getting used to the mechanics and just something as simple as like knowing when, like, Kind of like feeling how quickly a skill shot goes out and knowing you know where you should be aiming it guessing whether or not like, the player's going to duke it or something and you, it's literally just completely irrelevant compared to when you're then on no ping or, or really low ping on um, obviously sort of tournament servers and stuff um also another thing about the ping you're scrimming on eight ping which is super low and then you're playing solo queue on like 65 or whatever it is it's mm -hmm. you play six hours a day on zero ping and then six hours of Per day, or how many solo queue games you play on super high ping, so it's you can't really get used to any of the yeah. the pings. Yeah, it's obviously a big issue. But um, how did you actually end up joining a FlyQuest Academy as well? Because it's something I don't think like you really see that often. Yeah. You see when EU players import, it's like you know, <laughs> like big LEC names that get paid shitloads of money to go over there. Um, you don't really see often NA sort of look for sort of emerging talent or anything. So how did that actually come about in the first place? Uh, so. I just finished second EU Masters before I joined the uh, FlyQuest and I was like super confident 
I heard they were getting Santorin as or Santorin was CLCS younger, who played for H2K, I believe, at that time and had a really rough split. So I actually thought if I if I went there, I would have a real chance to play LCS main spot. But <laughs> Santorin is so fucking good. Like he is really, really good. It's actually it's it's funny actually before you go uh, go on a little bit. It's like it's funny how people kind of you look at development and you don't really see it much of an NA with with an EU player going into NA except for Santor. And I think you're completely right. I think he looks so so good and continually looks yeah. good as well. I think he's yeah. brilliant. He must yeah, be great he... to have like worked with as well. Especially. Yeah, I'm still talking to him about jungle and stuff. Like he is really really good. I really respect him. But basically, I went there because I thought I would have a higher chance of making it to LCS or LEC by going there. There's academies in EU at that time was not really a thing. I think some UK academy teams, actually. I think Misfits and um, what was it? I think even? that was the only one at the time. Yeah. I think it was before XL got into the LEC or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah like and ERLs I... were totally different back then. They weren't even yes, like yes. a proper like academy system. EU Masters was, while like it was still considered like a big thing, you could probably say like now EU Masters is considered like the gateway to LEC at this rate, you know, you have to yeah. kind of perform at that. It's a, it, it's a completely different atmosphere like two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, it was, it was. Actually, one thing, um, just what you mentioned about that you'd had a good EU Masters before that. Um, so that was with, um, oh, I've forgotten off the top of my head what team you were with. But I remember look when I was sort of just... Was it Net? I think it was Net. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah. I just, I saw that the, uh, the other day. And it kind of made me realise, because that was through the Nordic Championships as well. Um, yes. And I suppose maybe we didn't realise it at the time because it was still one of the first E-Masters. But sort of looking how the Nordic teams have gone now and obviously still with the, N the NLC, having a team not really anywhere near winning it, um, that was probably really impressive when you kind of think back to it. So do you think the, the Nordic leagues at that time were just a bit stronger or was it just you were on a sort of a decent roster? I think the import rules were a bit different back then in the, in the URL team. Mm -hmm. So right now you have a lot of Scandinavian players around Europe and they don't really count as an import anymore because they played, I think it's two splits in their league. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I, I think basically that's it. So we, we were just like five from Scandinavia, super good players. And yeah, we made it work. Okay. Yeah, just, um, just kind of a random thought um, while you mentioned it. Yeah. Um, just with the, the FlyQuest in there, so you said that in general you had a, a good time there. So is that something you would consider going back again, even even if it was Academy? Um, if... Not at, not Academy, unless <laughs> there's a real chance of uh, playing LCS. But when I went there, I felt like I could not improve. Like solo queue was mm -hmm. bad, scrims were bad. Yeah, I, I just saw no improvement at all for me. That's why I had to go back. I actually signed two years, so we. Uh, I'm happy they let me go when mm -hmm. I... I think it. I think it's interesting because it's like it's it's good that you kind of said like the organization itself, like good organization, like FlyQuest. You know, out of all like the the LCS organization, I actually look at FlyQuest as like quite a, a good organization to be a part of anyway. Um, but the fact that of that not being able to like develop, I think especially for a lot of young players is very very important, and especially if you want to kind of develop even more as a player, which kind of makes me worried about this import rule because I do I don't think that the import rule is gonna be like you're gonna get like Korea or gonna get China, you know, and gonna kinda get all these superstars on teams. But there is like a worry of and I don't know if if you think that this could happen that 
do you think ERLs could get affected by the import rule of kind of having like all of these kind of top ERL talents and kind of put them into an academy league instead? I no, I don't think players are gonna play academy. I think when the ERL is like it is right now, there's no reason for an EU player to go academy unless mm-hmm. there's like a serious chance of uh, competing for main spot, right? So mm-hmm. I, I I don't see that affecting ERLs at all if they uh, remove the rule. That's fair enough. Um, but yeah, after you t- you played mm-hmm. on FlyQuest then, um, you then had gone over to the uh, the TCL with Dark Passage. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a couple of things on, on that. Just in, in general, um, and it kind of sounds like it's a similar kind of thing, but just what was like the experience in the Turkish league? Because one thing that I, I, don't, I don't know if it's maybe just like because you, you see the sort of the bigger, sort of worse kind of headlines on Reddit and stuff, but the thing you often see come up with the Turkish league is, is things of different teams having payment issues. I think it was like Galatasaray or something was, was quite a big mm-hmm. one. Um, and yeah, one or two teams, you know, being a bit dodgy in some ways like that. So was there like any apprehension at all going there? I, I know you, you're on Dark Passage, and from what I remember, I'd never sort of heard anything like that. Um, coming from that org in particular. So was there yeah, any apprehension at all or, or did it seem fine? I just talked to players that have played for them before and I made sure that everything was fine and all of this. But I didn't mean to go to TCL. It wasn't like, at first I wanted to take a split off and go bootcamp in Korea. I've done this like twice before. I wanted to go again, but COVID and all of this. Uh-huh. And, and then they just asked if I wanted to play playoffs for them and I didn't do anything that split. So I, I figured, why not? Mm-hmm. They were second in the league already, and yeah. But I had no no bad uh, no bad things happening on Dark Pass. It's a super good organization, even yeah. despite all the rumors about other teams and all of this. Mm. That's cool. Um, and how do you find sort of the general level playing in Turkey? Because one thing that you see as well quite a lot is is ERL players sort of come and go from the TCL, and it's kind of sometimes. I think it's a struggle to sort of try and pinpoint uh, what kind of level it's at because it is a riot region still. They get a seed for Worlds. But then, yeah, it kind of seems like sort of top-end ERL players come in and out of there. So where roughly do you see the actual level of the league? Do you think it is sort of similar to sort of a, a higher-end ERL or or kind of like a mix and match? Because obviously the, the top teams that go to Worlds usually don't look too bad as well. And you, you'd imagine they're better than ERL teams. But then, yeah, it's kind of a, a bit of a weird mix. Uh, so they change players a lot in TCL in general. Mm-hmm. So it, it changed a lot from split to split, like what teams are good and how good they are. Sometimes TCL teams are better than all ERL teams, for sure. Like they're only scrimming LEC teams and they're super strong. Other times they're like not as good. And I think usually it's only a couple of teams that are good in TCL and the rest are not nothing special, I, right? I think, it's, uh, I think it's really interesting with the TCL as well because I call it like a very volatile league. Like... Kind of similar to probably some ERLs as well in general, but like like some splits, like you said, you can get some like really killer teams and some killer players which go in and come together and try and just, you know, basically get a spot at Worlds because I think obviously that Worlds placement is, is very, very important and a, and a good goal for a lot of players who probably haven't maybe had a chance in LEC at that point. But then also times you just get, you just get a bit of, you know, teams kind of coming together with that same reason, but don't gel well, and and the quality of it kind of suffers as a result. It's it's actually a really interesting league, though. Like, obviously, apart from like drama aside, but I, I really enjoy kind of just watching the TCL because sometimes you, apart from obviously, you kind of know which teams are genuinely going to win because it's generally the teams which fund the most. But like, 
it's still interesting to kind of see all the other teams battle it out and see the quality range in between the between the league in one league itself. I think it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's a shame that it was well in the end, maybe a shame there's no MSI because yeah, like you said, you joined in playoffs and I think you came like third slash fourth, so it was like not you know a, yeah. a mile away from actually getting to an international event as well, uh, which obviously didn't happen in the end anyway, but still. Um, yeah, after that, then obviously you, you ended up um, with Riddle for for the summer in the first NLC split. Um, how did that roster kind of come about? Because w- we actually had Smeagol on for an episode um, at the beginning of that split. Uh, the way he'd explained it was that you guys have kind of sort of built the roster yourselves, and, and perhaps it might have been a case of like the roster sort of finding an org um, to back them up for the split. Um, so yeah, what was the thinking behind that? Was it just that? you were just sort of, sort of a group of friends that wanted to play together or was it actually, you know, that you, you'd maybe done some scrims and you knew you were a good team and, and wanted to work together somewhere for that? So I think all of us have talked together about making a Danish team, like for a long time, just thinking it would be nice to talk, to speak Danish in comps and five Danes and all of this mm-hmm. and the synergy, everything. And it just was kind of lucky that we ended up together, I think. Because we, we just talked during the office and then no one really had any super good offers, they thought. And yeah, that's it. We just we just made that team ourselves, basically. <laughs> and uh, and how tiring was that split? Because like I think everybody yeah. was kind of talking about how how you played so many games that split. It was it was unfair at points, I felt. Yeah. I remember we were playing NLC on a patch where Lilia was disabled or something like that, and EU Masters was Lily was enabled. So for me, I could not play this jungle. We had to ban it every game because of that. And I mean, if it wasn't a different patch, it would it would actually be fun, I think, to play this many games. Because it, it didn't even feel like a competitive game anymore. It just felt like scrims, basically. <laughs> we were so comfortable playing, right? Because we played, I can't even remember if it was 20 games or something like that in a week. It was well, crazy. Like yeah. that, the day of the final was like, we played a best of three and a best of five on the same day, I believe. I think you ended up because it was a, wasn't it two one and then three one, so it was like seven yes. games in a row. Yes. Oh, right. And then like, the next day, basically, was EU Masters. But I... next day, playing EU Masters on a different patch, we played three different teams or something like that. And the day after, we played three different teams again. Something crazy like that. I can't even remember the. And then, and then I think I think you, I think you had to play. Was it LDLC? I think in the end because because they didn't seed the uh, the playing <laughs> groups, did they? They just kind of put all the teams and just randomly selected them, and and it ended up being A and B were just stacked groups against each other. So you know, because I believe you had, I think it was Gamer Legion you had in your in your team, and then and then you also had then face LDLC in the end and I was like oh my like give this team a rest <laughs> like they've gone through so much we, we had Game of Legion they finished second that EU Masters I think and we had mm-hmm. LDLC which they, they won the, the prior UM mm-hmm. but we still had like three chances to make it to main stage so it's not really an excuse but it, it was yeah. a lot of games mm-hmm. and, uh, and how much uh, how good was it obviously now you're on an academy team but how mm-hmm. good was it to kind of go into the NLC and beat an academy team like everybody expects you know like everybody expects this split you know it's going to be EXO and it's going to be Fnatic and that's probably that's how the world should be but how good was it to kind of you know beat one of the academy teams to get through I mean it, it was just good to make you a masters I didn't really think about beating an an academy team or anything we 
already knew kind of that we were going to beat them before even going into the match because they didn't look too good. And their mid-jungle synergy was uh, really not very good compared to ours. So I, I felt really comfortable playing against them back then. Fair enough. And um, one thing I did want to ask, cause, you, know, you mentioned there about how how many ridiculous amounts of, of games you played in a row and it basically felt like scrims. Um, I would wonder if you actually even scrimmed at that point and, and what the process no. would be like. You know, <laughs> I would assume like there's literally no time for it and it would probably just be a hindrance. But then was there ever a point where everyone sort of had, had thought a new pick and they wanted to try something and you just had to try it on stage or anything like that? Or, or was it were you kind of pretty set in how you were going to play it through that run? can't really remember specifics uh, about champs and stuff, but I, I'm i pretty sure we did not scrim a single time on the new patch when we... Uh, so we just went into it. We, we saw some games and we tried to copy what they did. That made sense or huh. that didn't make, make sense. And yeah. It's crazy. Um, just in that split as well, because uh, kind of going back to the actual NLC, um, I remember like sort of seeing the roster on paper, everyone kind of thought it was, you know, was going to be a decent side and then I think it was like the first or second week you beat Excel, and everyone was was kind of blown away, really. And even even though, like I say, um, you were kind of expected to be quite high up, and I think you lost to Godsent like the game after or something like that. Yeah. And the first few weeks really? kind of had that that sort of feel to it, where you'd like you know win a game and then lose a game we probably should have won. Um, do you want to just maybe talk us through that? Was there any sort of reason behind that? Because from outsiders looking in, it maybe even looked like it was sort of overconfidence, maybe just being yeah a bit a bit cocky against some of the lower down teams um, and then sort of slipping up a couple of uh, losses for that. Do you think it was something like that or was there um, yeah, any other reason I, to those? I think we, okay, so we were kind of in a slump in the middle of the of the regular split and we probably also disrespected some of the teams a bit. We didn't put as much effort into preparation and stuff like that. Also, I think best of ones in regular split you see on on uh, on this team too we're, we're losing games we shouldn't lose it it happens it doesn't really mean too much in the end as long as you make it to playoffs right mm -hmm. but we had we had trashy coming in or cold as he goes by now uh who helped us coach who helped uh Smeagol and the team and it improved us a lot i think he, his help was very needed and Mm -hmm. Yeah. How he, how good he, was that to have him just specifically for you as well? You know, given yeah. obviously the position, did that did kind of similar to like Santorin? Did it kind of help you kind of learn new things and stuff like that? Because like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good acquisition to bring someone in at that point. Extremely helpful for me, and he's Danish too, and he would really look at my pathing, and he would tell me when I did stuff wrong that I'm not too used to by coaches because they don't really play jungle themselves. You know, they can't really go into specific and go super deep and details about jungle pathing and matchups and all of this so it was super helpful for me i was i'm really happy he helped us yeah. well you've not done bad for like kind of like jungling mentors if you like obviously like yeah playing with santorin yes. uh then having called the coach now obviously self-made but um yeah we'll yes, kind of yes, get yes. onto that a bit more um in a little while um only other thing to touch on before we move on to uh fanatic rising there was obviously the the full open that happened after that split um, which obviously just sort of a bit of a smaller tournament, just something to kind of finish off the year, um, which you guys as the same roster then moved over to um, to Barrage. And from what uh, we were told, it was sort of a, a case of they were sort of the only ones that even inquired about about you guys and, and kind of that's how they ended up picking up the roster. But was there, um, 
Well, how did that happen? Did you just did, had you decided that you were going to go into that and were looking for a team, or was it that Barrage just sort of tried their luck and and you thought maybe you you just play the tournament, see how it goes? So I'm not entirely sure how it went down. I'm I think Riddle had like a a team in the Telenor Liga yeah. or whatever it's mm -hmm. called, so we couldn't play for them anymore, and so we had to find another team. And we didn't even know there was this tournament. They just announced it a few weeks after the yes, split. Yes, it was very short notice. Yes. I remember. I think a lot of people were talking about that because some yeah. people had rosters, and and I believe that even like some players had kind of said that they would have kind of even like joined it if they had knew about it. But obviously, new roster had already been created. Like I said, I believe that you're right with Riddle. I think Riddle decided to use their Telia roster because yeah. they basically had already basically got the roster itself. So they were like, we might as well use the roster which we've already got. Yeah. So yeah. Um, very last minute, but it's good to. I was I was going to make the joke. Lee. I was going to be like, "Well, how could you coexist with a brand new team in Barrage, given the fact that it was the exact same team?" But how how kind of was it? Was it just? Did you all just decide to do it, or was it like? Yeah, you know, yeah. We uh, like it was during the off season, so we didn't really want to put too much work into it. But we figured, why not just play? We we didn't. So the thing is, during offseason, you don't want to underperform a lot. It's it's a bad look for other teams, right? So it was like we put some work into it, but it wasn't hundred percent, basically. Mm -hmm. And I we ended up winning it. So and then you're yeah. like, oh, that's a get Excel on it. Oh, of course, we'll go. We'll go. We'll go with it. <laughs> well, yeah, because um, obviously, being the team that got had gotten to be masters and everything, you know, and obviously when all the tier lists and everything came out, you guys were like clearly the favourites. To win it was there um was there any any part of you that maybe thought it was a bit harder than it than you'd expected or was it pretty much just as easy as you thought because the only the team obviously you played in the final was envision who were a uk sort of second division team and i think everyone was kind of surprised with how well they'd done um and they i think they even took they a, built a good team. they built a good team though for yeah. them. they proper tried it like it's not the team which they've got now. Obviously, I like Envision, but it's not the team they've got now in the UK. I'll see. Like, they proper built around like a team to try and win that. Yeah. You had to play spoiler to them, Max. So that's what you had to do. <laughs> so, yeah, was it, um, yeah, was it, was there any sort of surprises like that? Teams that were harder than you thought? I think it kind of went as expected. We knew that the academy teams were not joining. Uh, I think we lost one game in finals, though. Mm -hmm. So. It was just like Riddle uh, regular split, basically. We were, we were losing some games we shouldn't lose, but we, we end up winning anyway. Fair enough. There's um, no really, su really surprises, I feel like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's fair enough. And um, it's, a, it's a trophy to add on Gamepedia, isn't it? You know, you yeah, go, exactly. go to the tournament bio, it's like, that's first, that's the first of that. You blink twice, it yeah. says NLC, so. <laughs> exactly. It was the first thing I've ever won, actually, on my... Oh, wow. I don't see, or just on my uh, career in general, actually, mm -hmm. other than lands. Well, there you go; they all count. Um, yeah. But yeah, after that, obviously, that was was the off season, um, heading into twenty twenty one, and obviously, a, a certain well known uh, Twitter leaker, LEC Wulu, had yeah. had um, <laughs> seemed you know pretty confident about where you were going to end up, uh, and obviously, it wasn't with Fnatic Rising. Um, so at first, there was these rumors about you joining um, K Corp in the NFL with I think the only other name was I think X Matty and maybe Saken yeah, at the time they, they said was, about yeah. um, I don't know if that's something you can talk about too much but was there any, yeah any um, any sort of talks there was that a team you almost ended up joining and it was pretty close I was joining that team actually very very close so then what happened then was it you know because obviously I was a decent roster I think they're even top of the NFL mm -hmm. right now um, yeah 
so did Fnatic maybe contact afterwards and then it was and then you thought well you know I'd rather go there or or did they sort of change their mind or, or yeah what happened with that uh, so I was talking to Fnatic even before uh, K Corp mm -hmm. but it was a different roster and a different way of uh, going through so I didn't find that offer too interesting and then uh, a few days before I had to like decide where I wanted to go they just came up with this new roster and new idea and all of this and yeah I, I decided to go with that instead that new roster uh, features someone called Feber then was yeah. <laughs> it like it's like oh yeah by the way Max we've got Febervin in the mid lane uh fancy it like yeah it's yeah. just a crazy good roster here so I couldn't really say no to that but I was very close to joining K Corp yeah mm -hmm. well fair enough and to be fair yeah like, like I say they've they've looked good so far so it wouldn't it, I think you were um spoiled for choice if you like them I mean, uh, let's be honest, it, it's basically what Fnatic Rising was with X Matty and Targamus, isn't it? So <laughs> it, it's, it's very much joining like pre Fnatic Rising or post Fnatic Rising at that point. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we say about with um, Feberman being on the roster as well. So, what is kind of his role? Does he have any sort of more sort of leadership role, anything behind the scenes? Obviously, it's like the, the big veteran player that. Um, yeah, he's got you know a huge amount of experience in in LEC and LCS. So does he? Is is there anything like that in sort of in the background where he's like sort of takes on any, any kind of like a like being like a team captain sort of thing, or is it um, just sort of doing his job like the rest of us or the rest of you guys? Obviously, I think he's mostly just doing his job. Uh, when it comes to reviews and stuff, he has uh, very strong points and shows leadership and all of this. But in game, I think me and Rooks are mostly uh, leading the team. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fair enough. I think, yeah, sort of jungle support is... It, is yeah, it, it's thing. just our role, right? It, it fits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. Um, and yeah, sort of going into the split itself then, um, and like you said earlier about, you know, how it's sort of mostly going to plan. Obviously, you had a build game here and there. Um, and I suppose the first one, you can maybe write that off a little bit where you had the uh, pride that yeah. couldn't play in the first week. What what was that like? Did you guys know with, with much sort of time in advance or was it just sort of quite a sudden thing? I think we played uh, two sets of scrims with uh, with Lint instead of Riot, mm -hmm. and the meta was kind of weird. Like you needed eighty tops. It was the Gore Drinker meta, and Lint is an eighty carry main. He cannot mm -hmm. play Aatrox and uh, what? He's also it? like incredibly young, isn't he? As well, yes, he, yes. Yes. So it's like imagine you're playing top lane. <laughs> but but he even did find it was more for draft. It was super hard to draft mm -hmm. because I wanted to play AP jungles with eighty top uh, and AP mid. That was the meta. But I had to first pick Graves or something like that because we didn't have any AD junglers if they ban Olaf. So it was really hard to draft. But it, it's, it was two games and we yeah. won one of them. So exactly. Yeah, fair, I, I mean, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you like, I'm gonna give you, a, I'm gonna give you a pass for the barrage game. However, <laughs> how did you lose to Riddle on the last day? Like, because this <laughs> could have been the the unofficial, like, you know, undefeated, you know. Asterisk with you know with, with the sub top laner, but was was it just like just one of those days with the riddle gigs? Okay? It, it was was it the last? I think it was one of the last days of the season as well, wasn't Second it? Last, so, yeah. yeah, we were like five k up in ten minutes. That game was uh, extremely easy for us to win, but we managed to fuck up some team fights. And they had a Samira, yeah, she just took over completely. There's not much else in that game. I feel like we were in the lead for the, most of it, and then. We just played me bad mechanically in a lot of fights. And they just ran us over then. 
get those losses out right now, yeah. just before play-ins, just before yeah, playoffs. Exactly. I mean, uh, make sure to get them out of the way. Limit yeah, and testing. I couldn't believe it. I was like, uh, I was like, Fnatic have dominated. This, this is this is brilliant. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, Riddle, Riddle will win it. No, <laughs> I was like, what's happening? I think it's even the game where we have been the most ahead in the shortest amount of time, and then we end up losing it. It's just, <laughs> it happens. I mean, yeah, it had to be a former team which you lost to as well, Max. Out of all of them, so you had to, you had to give Riddle something, yeah. Yeah, never mind. Was there any game then in the regular season that was kind of the opposite? One that where you know, obviously you you won most games anyway. But was there any game that stands out as one that you thought was especially clean and and you you know you guys were quite proud of how you played? Or clean? I think there's one game that was the opposite of clean. Uh, the barrage game, I think it was. Where we should the, not have won the that game. Second one, at all. yeah, yeah, yes. the second one. But most of the the rest of the games were pretty fine. the The teams are super scared of us, honestly. So we just end up taking everything, and there's not really anything going on. We just mm-hmm. get all objectives. We just slowly end the game. Yeah. I uh, want to. Uh, I want to just have a little chat about like the groups in general. Um, obviously, you you haven't been able to obviously play anybody in Group A, but I'm guessing you've probably watched like a little bit, especially closer to coming like to playoffs and stuff like that. Um, which would you consider your group kind of like the harder of the two of the two groups? Because I think there's been a lot of debate on kind of which people found like you know uh, the most competitive out of the lot. Because I look at kind of Group B and I look at Team Singularity Barrage and yourselves. There's like three. Are probably the four top teams in the in the actual group in the NLC itself. So it's like I just wanted to see what your opinion on that. Do you think that that's kind of correct to say, given you know how well those three teams have done? Uh, I don't think uh, I've watched too much Group A to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how good the teams are there, but I think Group B is the. Um, Top two and three, they're much better than Group A top two and three. It's, it looks like by the standings only. Like I, I've not watched a lot of Group mm. A games, but I just assume that Group B is, uh, is a bit better. Maybe the average in Group A is a bit better, but the top end on Group B is, uh, is higher. Mm-hmm. So is there is sort of anyone you'd been looking out for in, in A that you'd hope to get? Obviously, or even with sort of with Excel. Um, have you guys sort of had any thoughts of where you line up against them at the moment and which one's slightly stronger? So I think it is, it is kind of interesting with this kind of format because obviously you are the two academy teams, the ones expected to be the best. And then we don't obviously see you actually against each other really until the playoffs. So it's it's kind of an interesting yeah. topic of which team is actually better at the moment. I'm not really a fan of these uh, groups, to be honest. I think I, I don't like the system too much. It's so hard to compare each other when mm-hmm. it's, it's like two different leagues, right? And I have no idea how good XL are. I, we didn't scrim them. I didn't see a lot of their games. Obviously, I'll start watching when it when it gets closer if we're gonna play them in finals and all of this. But mm-hmm. I'm not sure to be honest. I think I'm it's really uh, I sure. think it's interesting as well because like uh, it was very similar. I felt like last split, like we kind of came into like pre uh, pre dispositions of like, oh right, well the academy teams are clearly gonna be like better, and then kind of even the the bottom tier like teams who finished like fourth in one of the groups was doing better than some of the teams which like finished second and third, you know? So it's like, yeah. even when you, you look at the standings and I think it's so easy to kind of look at standings and be like, well, then tricked and barrage could be similar, but actually, you know, tricked could be the fourth best team or barrage could be the fourth best team you know, at that point. Yeah. So it's, 
it adds some intrigue going in, but I'm guessing probably as like a, as like a team and as a player like yourself, you would like to kind of at least gauge that ability at least on a competitive stage, at least once a split. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and sort of ever going to playoffs, there's obviously been um, sort of fair few changes around the jungle. Um, I think in the last patch with the, uh, well, I'm not sure if it's the one that's gone out yet or the one, yeah, the one with the the XP changes. Um, XP and gold, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, is that something? Or well, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Do you think that's going to see a pretty big sort of meta shift? Because one thing, especially with with changes as as big as that, the playoffs seems or like right before all the leagues start heading to playoffs, seems like a bit of an awkward time to to do something like that. So has that kind of affected your guys' preparation at all, or, or you know what you're playing? I was a bit worried at first because it's jungle knife. I don't like that, mm-hmm. but it turns out that nothing changed. Basically, it's just. You're gonna be half a level down when you when you're level nine before. You're gonna be eight and a half now. You're gonna lose some gold. You have a lot more awkward recalls, but other than that, it's same champs, same jungle style. Obviously, tanks got uh, indirectly buffed because they don't really need levels as much as as mm-hmm. carries do. But it's not a problem. It's basically the same. I, yeah, I I was looking at uh, like especially like competitively because mm. everyone was talking about the, the jungle nerfs and I'm like right we're just gonna see Sejuani every game essentially you know yeah. is is that the meta which we're going in but really it just seems the exact same type of champions which are being played by like a couple and then also I think what it does add though is it adds the possibility of playing kind of with a tank jungler or more of an enabler jungler a ganking jungler so yeah. so really it kind of benefits for me kind of you know teams which have that synergy and kind of have that champ pool just the ability to kind of do that way but for me i'm looking at you know still like aggressive farming junglers and you know you, you look at the likes of uh lilia still kind of being played you know and um and olaf still being played as well you know? so it's like it's very similar to what we've been seeing prior mm-hmm. yeah you basically just have to farm a lot still that's the meta so all champs that have fast clear are going to be good. Some tanks have fast clear. They can be played. We see Skarna a lot more too into Graves and Lilia, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. this patch didn't do too much. I think that was even playable before. So uh, so first gaming players, you're going to lock in Zach, yeah? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, one thing on that as well, I, there was a tweet from a couple of days ago uh, that did the rounds from Leader about how if like a mid laner gets solo killed, then their team actually gets advantage because their jungler can come and catch the farm and gets like oh, extra I, XP I off it. it on, I saw it on the LEC literally like today and it, it kind of put shivers down my spine seeing it. Yeah, is that something, is any any proof to that or do you think that's maybe a bit of an exaggeration? It depends on the wave. If it's a big wave, then <laughs> yeah, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, poor Magi Felix didn't even teleport. He just just literally went to mid lane, knowing that his junglers just took the entire wave from him. <laughs> well, never mind. Um, so, kind of looking, if if we sort of look more towards um, playoffs themselves, obviously the first team you guys are up against, uh, I think, is Tricked um, from Group A. I, so I presume you guys would have sort of started your um, your prep for that by now. Do you? Have you sort of seen much of Tricked and, and yeah, what do you kind of think of them and, and how do you think that matchup would go? Uh, we didn't do too much uh, team prep against that, but we've watched like their games individually and I've seen a bit. I'm not too worried about playing them at all. Mm-hmm. To be fair, out of the 
out of them and Nordovind, who were kind of tied for that second place, mm. um, Nordovind were pro- uh, sorry, Trick were probably the ones that are, were a bit more on a downturn the last few weeks anyway. So it might you know might be better to even be playing them now rather than Nordvind, um, who actually got the the, the higher seed in the end. Um, but I do have to talk about the, the tiebreaker game itself. And it's like, and I don't know because like some of the other tiebreakers were very like tense, but bloody. And I, I love like bloody games, you know, and stuff like that, a lot of kills. And this one just felt a bit like, it felt controlled by Tricked. And I, and I, underst- and I understood why they did what they did, but... I just don't like when League of Legends play when you have like just over ten kills in an entire game from both teams. I just I just don't like it myself. But I understand why they played it. They played kind of good objectively. Uh Nordvin kind of just never got off the races, but I think it's it was interesting to kind of see both of those teams, you know, compete that way, especially when you've got the likes of like Kerberos, who's like such an aggressive top laner, kind of not even get off for Nord uh, for Nordvin at all. And obviously a lot of people when we did our t- official, unofficial, official team of the split for the NLC, we're talking about Chris Berg. And again, like, he was another one who didn't really do much in the, in that one, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, and yeah, on the, the topic of that, obviously we saw um, Barrage beat Singularity for for the one in your group. Did you? Is that one you saw come in? Because those two sides have, have been pretty sort of neck and neck in, in terms of level. They both had decent games. They both also had sort of weird off games as well. Um, yeah, which of those two sides do you see as being stronger at the moment? I think they're pretty close in level, Singularity and Barrage. I didn't really watch the Cyberbreaker, to be honest, so mm-hmm. I didn't see how that went off. But I think they're pretty close, yeah. The way that, if I had to explain the tiebreaker, it would be Barrage will win in, very much win in, and then I think just basically Singularity just team-fighted them and won right at the end, essentially. Like, close yeah. to the end, it was... But, like, uh, for me, though, that... that that kind of simplifies kind of what Barrage... The Barrage's faults most of the time have been when they've actually done really good early, really good mid, and then kind of it comes to kind of finishing off a game, and whether it be like mis-execution on team fights or anything like that, that seems to lose them the game like slightly after that, which, you know, which I'm kind of seeing a little bit more like there's been a couple of games now, a couple of their losses have basically been that, and obviously the tiebreaker loss. Uh, sorry, not the tiebreaker loss, but in this game, sorry, they actually turned that around in the sense that, you know, they, you know, kind of lost in the early game, but then won outright at the end. So it was kind of nice seeing that that change from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah. uh, I think Singularity against us, they are super uh, passive early game, and then they just fight later on. Just as you said, they're good at team fighting, I guess. And Barrage are they're a bit more aggressive. They're not too scared to fight compared to other teams in our group. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just while we're on the topic of, of those last few games, we won't go on it too much, if, especially if you haven't seen them. Um, but yeah, obviously the other one was the relegation series as well between um, Eminem and Dusty. Dusty pretty convincingly won 2-0, which I don't think was a huge surprise. And, and yeah, I'm kind of saying a bit a bit about it off air before, but you know, it's a bit sad to see how how much Eminem is struggling really. And yeah, we're not really looking forward to seeing them against some of the. Um, sort of top Talia Masters teams but yeah we'll see how that goes I think they can make roster changes from what I'd heard so I wonder if, if they would do something before that and, and yeah, maybe sort of turn things around but um, yeah we'll have to wait and see I suppose yeah I think that I think this was kind of 
cut and dry. I think uh, while I think that Group B was uh, kind of better top half, I think the bottom half of Group uh, Group A was really, really strong. And, you know, the fact that Dusty kind of finished bottom for me, they weren't the worst team in, in the NLC at all, you know. So I can kind of see why they... they the first game was was a little bit bloody, and but they eventually kind of got there in the end. But the second game, they dominated, and I actually do worry for probably maybe both Eminem and us because you've got the, the likes of Resolve. Uh, well, Resolve potentially, obviously, the UKLC has not finished its playoffs, so that we don't know what might happen there. But um, Absolved as well, kind of going into Telemasters as well, and I do kind of want to just briefly kind of transition that kind of onto the fact that we have two new teams going into playoffs and they were the two teams who have kind of um basically weren't meant to be in the nlc in covert and granite you know Mm -hmm. granite kind of won finished fourth they beat godsend the you know godsend last year were the were the unsurprising underdogs granite now have took that mantle of unsurprising underdogs themselves and it's kind of mad to see kind of two teams who like you said like I, th- I believe that when we when we had Granite on, I think the coach said that they had like a week, two weeks before they even knew that they were going into the NLC. To now finish into playoffs alongside Cova, it's 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 quite impressive. I don't think they're going to go any further than that. But it, a, if they've made it into playoffs, they, anything could happen. Exactly. I, I actually think Cova is not that bad. I think they're playing pretty well as a team, even though uh, I haven't really heard of their players before. I haven't played them before, but. They're playing good as a team, Kova. Uh, I'm mm. sure they're going to beat every team in Group A, even <laughs> XL. Well, we'll see then. We'll, we'll do some predictions in a minute, and um, you can, yeah, you can uh, see if you stick to it then. Um, actually, in that case, we may as well move on to those now. So we'll do, we do uh, some weekly predictions here on the NTS podcast. So we'll, we'll at least go through the games that are possible to predict. Obviously, some of the games mm. next week depend on who wins what, uh, but we'll at least get through some of the first ones. Um, and the first game of the week is XL against Barrage. That might be a bit tricky for you to predict then, Maxi, if you haven't really watched much of that group. Um, I don't know if you would have scrimmed against Barrage at all either, but yeah, any any ideas what the strength is yeah. like? Enough to make any any sort of prediction? Or are you just going to... It's a 2-1 it's a okay. for XL. 2-1 for XL, I think. Cool. Um, let me just make a note of that. What do you reckon, Tom? See, I think this is very interesting because it's like... This is this is for me the the upset tie. This is the tie which there actually could be an upset from. Um, BTXL look very good in their group. I don't think there's any denying that they clearly were the best team in that group. But then also like I'm, I've looked at Barrage and I feel like if Barrage can kind of you know sort out kind of the you know late game problems which they they kind of sorted out in the times, but that's like one game. But if they can kind of sort out that and be a little bit more consistent. The one thing that I felt has been missing for BT is the fact that they seem to not do particularly great in the early game to a, to an academy standard anyway. Um, and then it seems to be the mistakes of the other team, which then BTXL kind of take from that and then snowball that. That once they kind of once a mistake has occurred, like BT don't let the other team get another chance in. I don't know if that will kind of happen with Barrage because I actually think Barrage are quite solid in the early game itself. But so I'm I'm gonna go for a two-one Barrage. I'm actually gonna go for the fact that I think Barrage are gonna beat XL. Um, plus, let's be honest, you know, no flame, but XL just don't do well in playoffs anymore. <laughs> you know, they they just don't. They didn't even make finals last year, but 
you know, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like while I feel like the result could still be a BT uh, Fnatic finals still this year, that doesn't mean that, you know, BT have to win kind of every series. And this could be one of those series where they potentially don't win. Yeah, I think Barrage, when we play them, they're not really scared of us, even though we're an academy team. And most, most teams are, to be fair. So maybe they'll surprise Excel if they're not used to being... Uh playing against that yeah and and i think like you said like the fact that you can obviously um obviously some teams like scrim against each other but i, I don't think that the you, you, the academy teams kind of scrim against that many of the other nlc teams anyway but i think that the fact that bt hasn't faced barrage in like a competitive game and kind of you're all you're seeing is what you're seeing from basically what everybody else is seeing essentially that could be kind of detrimental to BTXL. I don't think that's as detrimental to Barrage, who, like you said, have been this team who are just willing to kind of go for it. Yeah, there's no like fear factor for them. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, I've gone for a two O XL. Uh, I take your <laughs> I take your points on board, Tom. Um, and it, you know, if... you just better slap them down. That's what you're <laughs> well. Like, they should at least make it a bit more interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. For me, I think BT do look probably too strong, and maybe if it was a, a Best of five, I might have given one game to Barrage and maybe said 3-1. But I don't know, in, in best of threes, if I have to go a bit more one way, I'd, yeah, I'd probably go for a 2-0. I wouldn't be too surprised to see Barrage pick up a game. I would be very surprised, I think, to see them win uh, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I'll keep it I don't think they're going to win the whole thing. You know, don't you know... put that in my mouth. I didn't say that. I said <laughs> they win this game. I didn't say they win the whole thing. <sighs> but right. but if, if they do... Clip this. I think Barrage are going to win the whole. Yeah, okay. Exactly. I just clip that little that one three second part. Um, we can do that for every team then, Tom. And then you've got you're covering all the bases. The one after that then is um, is yourselves Fnatic Rising against Tricked. Anyone? Uh, anyone go for Tricked? Any takers or or yeah or what? Is is that a clean two so, zero for you guys, Maxi? Yeah, of course, two zero. Yeah, I you know what, it, and it's not just because Maxi's on. I I do genuinely think that, like, while Tricked won the tiebreaker, I do feel actually like the Nord of the matchup would have been maybe the one I would have predicted like a two-one on uh, because I I find the skill level and the potential skill level of Nord have been kind of higher, like their ceiling compared to Tricked, but. I, I don't think Tricks have particularly looked great. Obviously, besides like the tiebreaker, I think they lost like four in a row, which is like quite a, quite a bad amount. They were they were very much competing with XL and then kind of dropped off a cliff essentially. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's because they confirmed playoffs really early. We we don't know, but like, I yeah, it's a two zero surely. I'll keep things interesting then. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say you guys are gonna lose. I'm not that brave. Um, but I'll go for a two one then. Just to at least, yeah, kind of keep, oh. keep things going. Uh, Lee, what's the uh, what's the point situation anyway? Because we're... Uh... Yeah, I came prepared this time. So you always ask me that and you always catch me off guard. Um, <laughs> I am still just about in the lead. So Maxi, we, we like, we've been tallying these up with our with our guests all sort of tallied up together. Uh, and it's really close. So I'm in the lead with 38 correct games so far. Tom, you're second with 37. And then our guests are third with 36. So it's all neck and neck. Um, and I forget exactly how we scored it last year or last split. It's one point for the, if we get the correct victory, it's one point. But if we get the victory in the score, it's three. So there it's we go. So it's all to, to play, play for, for in playoffs. Um, 
So yeah, we'll see how it goes. So and yeah, I'll go I've through. Guessed, I've guessed one every single time we've done this. I, I think so. <laughs> I'm not sure. They did last time, so the pressure's on Maxi. You've got to get those points back up for him. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll go for a, a two-one then. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. Just to keep it different. You know, I'm winning, so I've I've got that. I've got a little one-point breather room. Um, but yeah, the next game after that then, and these ones that might be a bit a bit more tricky to predict. Um, especially, if, like we say, if we haven't seen all the games on all sides. But um, we've got Nordwind against Kova, which I would have given fairly easy to Nordwind. I'd put down 2-1, um, just because Nordwind has still looked a bit shaky and, yeah, haven't have looked quite inconsistent, so I wouldn't really see them beating any team 2-0, to be honest. But then um, you say, Maxi, that, that Kova have looked pretty good, considering you, know, you didn't know too much about them. So do... Would you see any? Well, actually, you did just say they beat every team in Group A, so surely you're going to yeah, go for a win. So they will beat, yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> going to win two and one. Two. Even one. though I haven't watched a lot of uh, Nordovin's games. Fair enough. I think. Uh, I think with with I, it, it's very much the team of like Kova's kind of a known entity. I think at this point, you kind of know what level of play you're going to get from Kova, and it, and it is a good level again to make it into playoffs. Um, is is impressive, you know? Anyway. Um, where I feel like Nordavind is kind of this team which a, a little bit kind of like last season where I feel like they just they, they were on like the cusp of kind of being what I expected them to be but they've not quite reached that yet and last time obviously they didn't perform very well in playoffs as well I am going to edge it to Nordavind I'm going to give it well I'm not going to edge it I'm going to give it a 2-0 but I'm not going to give it in the way of like I feel like when you give a 2-0 you expect like a domination and a stomp but I do think it's it's actually going to be close games. But I am betting on the fact that I think that hopefully Nordavind have kind of reached a little bit more of the ceiling, which I expect them to kind of have. Yeah, definitely. Because like the the Chrisberg uh, fan army will will go after <laughs> us because we did put him in the team of the split. So yeah, it was quite relentless. But um, even by I think it was even by Prosfair who was in my team, and even he was upset about it. Never mind. Um, the last game then, uh, that at least we can predict for now, out of the games that are actually, we know the, the lineups, is um, is Singularity against Granite, which is a bit of a tricky one, I think, because like we said, maybe Singularity are, um, you know, have been fairly consistent. I think they've had maybe a couple of off games, um, as did Barrage, and that, you know, that's why I think they were sort of roughly in the same place. But then Granite were one that started off pretty strong, and then literally fell off a cliff for you know most of the the regular season up until they fell off week. a cliff but you know they held on with a with like a <laughs> finger and have and have climbed themselves back up slowly yeah it's basically spent until the last week doing that and the last week they've they then obviously picked up the win that they needed to to get to tiebreakers and then won the tiebreaker against godsend um so now they're in playoffs are they getting through in playoffs do we think i honestly i've i'm not expecting them to get through. I've gone for two, one singularity, but it's tricky because Granite at first we kind of had the idea, and that's obviously where they lost all the games. That if you ban Victor and Rise, they just lose, which is basically what happened for a few weeks. Um, and then you know they've got a couple of wins now, not on Victor and Rise, so they've at least shown that they've you know kind of progressed from that uh, and can't just be sort of so easily banned out. So I don't know. That's why I've gone two one because I could see. Then pulling out, you know, some sort of madness or at least one game, and uh, get one little upset. But then I, I don't think I'd, I'd seen enough of them to actually win a series against Singularity. To be fair, I'm, I'm gonna go for a two-zero Singularity. I feel like, I, I love 
you know, Granite getting into playoffs and kind of showing people, you know, up because a lot of people put them as the categorically the worst team in the NLC. A lot of, like, pe- a, lot of, a lot of people like who Tom did that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you, you definitely put that. I, I might have put them, you know, down there as well, maybe. But like a lot of people kind of said that this team, you know, a lot of people didn't really know anything about them and kind of expected because it was basically going to be their roster. They were going to compete in Talia Masters that this this was not going to be like a competitive team. They've made it into playoffs, and I think that is a great achievement for kind of the organization as, as a whole to kind of overachieve like that. But for me, Team Singularity looked like a very solid team, and I, I can't see them beating them. I, I genuinely can't. It's, it's unfortunate, really. Maxi, seen, seen yeah. much of either of those? I've seen much nah. of Granite. I'll just go for a 2-0 Singularity then. <laughs> what you guys said i didn't watch granite play at all but i don't think singularity is that bad i think they're not good early game but if granite is not a good team they're not gonna be able to do anything to them early fair enough that'll do for those then um so so maxi i i'm gonna just throw this out there are you win are you winning the playoffs is, is i'm guessing that's what that's what's gonna happen yeah yeah, yeah exactly i think actually i think we're super stable now and we, we figured out this patch already I'm pretty confident in this have playoffs, you, yeah. Have you guys sort of started planning ahead towards E-Masters yet, or is that still a bit early? No, it's it's too early. I don't think you, I don't even know if the date is out yet for E-Masters or the patch or anything. Mm-hmm. So we're just focusing on playoffs for now. Mm-hmm. And so is there, even maybe not sort of going into exactly board reviews or anything to that level, but is there any teams sort of you scrimmed against from the other leagues that, that are looking pretty strong um, that you'll see sort of potentially yeah. matching up against? I think this split, there's like 10 teams that could win the Masters. It's really hard to tell how good teams are. Mm-hmm. Also, just judging scrims, you can't really just judge from scrims. People play so different in real games yeah. anyway. True. I'm not really sure. I think Vitality are good. I think BDS mm-hmm. are good. I think uh, Rogue Academy is good. Misfits Academy, there's so many teams. I think, it's, even. I think it's crazy. I think especially... Um, like the LFL, like and kind of how the yes. LFL has kind of come up. Like you actually look at that league now, and, and I look at those teams involved. And like a lot of them are contenders for EU Masters, and, and there's not been many leagues which I would consider where I've been like, you know, there's like four or five teams who could compete at EU Masters in that league, and and it, and it's it's good to see, you know. But then also, you know, let's not discount, you know, like the Prime League, you know, and in even NLC, like I, I think you know even you would kind of consider this as well, Maxi, like. Both yourselves and both kind of you know uh, BTXL have, bi- have built teams you know with probably the ambition of go of winning EU Masters. I think that that's been the organization's ambition for a while, and I think that's why these changes were made. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mouse also from uh, from Prime League. I didn't mention them. Really good. Uh, who else? Uh, Kcop. There's too many good teams. They <laughs> Just insert LFL team. Yeah. They could yeah, be yeah, better, LFL. probably. With with maybe one change, could have could have seen them be better though. In yeah. the jungle, I reckon. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but um, funny that, that when Tom mentions it about obviously that you know Fnatic and Excel both made kind of quite big changes um, to the academy size for this year, probably with that purpose. Um, with Fnatic, one thing that even sort of going to last split, or sort of more in the last couple of splits than than this one, I think. But um, they've been sort of quite a, a negative feel, I think, around Pride in the top lane and. It was especially when it was him and Targamas. People often sort of highlighted as maybe the two players that 
so did belong on Fnatic, maybe weren't good enough to be on there. Pride's obviously still on the roster, um, and you know, from what I've seen, I think does does really well and looks like one of the, the best top laners in the league and doesn't look out of place on the academies at all. Um, is that something you've sort of seen the people people sort of talking like that, even when we were talking sort of before last split? Um, and how has it been playing with Pride in the top lane? Well, I, th I think last split, uh, when I played versus Pride, I felt like he was a good top laner. I didn't mm -hmm. feel like he was bad at all. I don't know what people say about it. Was him. Actually, this, uh, it was actually this is UKLC. Yeah, this it was, was actually like... before. Well, before um, the NLC summer, it was mm -hmm. yeah, basically the week before it started. We had Smeagol on, and he basically called out Pride, saying that he was terrible. So um, yeah, that's kind of why I went twice. Well, I feel like he played good against us in finals, mm -hmm. though. So I, I don't know. I'm happy to have him as my top laner. Yeah. I don't have anything bad against him. I think he's definitely developed. I I, I think especially like when the NLC. Well, became the NLC. I think that was when Pride really kind of you know showed up and and stepped up and actually you know and obviously when when we had Spiegel on this was before obviously even the NLC kind of uh like fully kind of got into to play and got into its motions and stuff. But to see kind of the development of kind of him, I think as a player, I think is really good to see and, and really nice. And it's good to see kind of Fnatic, you know, know that he had that talent and kind of just mm -hmm. has kept in along with that. Well, with that sort of development on Fnatic, um, how much sort of interaction do you guys have with the actual main team? Am I right in thinking you're all actually in like the same house now, or like the same um, same kind of office? Or something like that? Uh, not yet, but uh, eventually we will be. For now, we don't have too much interaction with them. We can talk to them when we want to, and we're scrimming once in a while, but it, it's not too close yet, no. Mm -hmm. Is that is that because of like the pandemic and everything that actually yeah, making yeah. it really difficult? Yeah. Yeah. So is there sort? Of, do you know of any plans in particular? Once you guys are um, sort of all in the same location, is there plans to do maybe more sort of scrims or or just sort of one to one sessions or anything? Or is that just sort of maybe something to be arranged later? Yeah, we we'll, we'll just arrange it later. It, it all depends on how how strong both teams are, how similar in level they are, and mm -hmm. what we can gain from each other. All of this. Fair enough. And um, how long then till we? You take self-made's place. <laughs> when he goes G2, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, cool. I think we're, we're maybe at a point we can maybe start wrapping up then. Tommy, have you got any other any other topics in mind? Or uh, No, no. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure to kind of talk about, you know, kind of Fnatic and everything. I do want to do what I do every time and, and, and just have a little bit of a chat about Dan and Maggie Felix because I feel like, yeah, while while they are gone to greener pastures, they are they are still with us in heart in the NLC. Uh, didn't go great for Dan. Magic Felix, I still feel like is you know suffering a little bit sometimes, unfortunately, but uh, not as positive as what it was last week. I would say mm -hmm. with uh, with the Dan and Magic Felix update, but you know keep keep them keep them in our hearts as the NLC <laughs> faithful. <laughs> What are your, on maybe Dan in particular as, as a fellow jungler, Maxi, what are your thoughts on um, yeah on sort of Dan's level? Because we saw a lot of, uh, and it was mainly people on, on Reddit and Twitter that I think literally never watched the NLC anyway, that um, when he got on Excel's main roster, were basically saying it you know should have been this person, should have been that person, Dan's not good enough, blah, blah, blah. He played he played one uh, season in, in <laughs> Rift Rivals. Yeah, one game in Rift Rivals not... wasn't good enough. Um, how do you rate Dan? Do, were you sort of surprised at all to see him uh, get that chance on an NEC team, or do you think he was sort of ready for that? I think he was ready for it, honestly. In 2018, uh, when I played for an IP, I didn't think he was very good at all. 
So when I when I went back to NLC and played against him, I didn't think he was very good, but he 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 was like he was a good jungler for sure. He definitely improved a lot these mm -hmm. two years. So I, I think he was ready for NLC or for LEC, yeah. And what do you I think, think that... of kind of jungle in the LEC as a whole? Because like, it's like, I feel like, especially like this split, I feel like a lot more junglers are getting a lot more attention. I guess that's because of the meta of what it kind of is right now anyway. But like, yeah. there's a lot of obviously young crop of junglers which are constantly going through. Like, how how good is it kind of to have that competitive pool for you right now? Uh, like player-wise or... Yeah, just play like like because I'm guessing like you play probably a lot of these players even if it's in like solo queue and stuff like that. Yeah. But to have the quality of those players kind of around, how how good is it for you as well? I think the top five junglers in LEC are like a level ahead of everyone else, if not more. And then the the bottom five, they're really similar to the top ERL junglers, I think, in level. So you can swap around in a split or two, like no one knows, right? Keeps you on your toes, I'm guessing. I yes, guess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, ready to knit in the spot then, I suppose. Yeah, uh, presuming maybe it's self-made in the bottom five or the top five. Or... No, no, he's <laughs> he's in the upper, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, let's uh, we can maybe start to uh, to wrap up then for this episode. Um, as always, we are obviously hosted by the UKEL, so we can have a, a very quick check on what's been going on there. Um, we did have the um, the final games of this week happened earlier today. And here we go, we've got a look at the, the current table. Um, we see Demise there, I think more or less locked in first place now. I think there's only one week left to play. Um, so yeah, probably take a miracle for them not to uh, to go into playoffs with that top seed. And then followed by Viperio, Hive and, and Nerd Rage. Nerd Rage, obviously we see there though, level on games, uh, level on wins with Lucendi at the moment. So, you know, still all to play for in the last week. Uh, LDN and Mythos both with a chance of playoffs as well. Uh, and then Monster there, I think but even themselves technically could make it too so the miracle run the miracle run obviously exactly. monster yeah weren't weren't doing very well for the entire split until last week occurred so if we clicked the monster okay. miracle run begins <laughs> here we go and we can see then um where that miracle run will continue in the upcoming games as well so starting on thursday 6 p.m as usual uh, we've got lucendi against ldn obviously that's a you know a massive one with the playoff race same as monster against nerd rage following that then we've got uh, Mythos against Hive. And then lastly, Demise against Viperio. Uh, like I say, that will start at 6 p.m. GMT this Thursday. And um, yeah, with that, I think we're um, all good to wrap up. So thanks for coming on, Maxi. It's been good to have a Thank chat. And uh, yeah, good luck for playoffs. And Thank for um, for those that have been watching, if anyone's been watching live on the UK EL, you can, of, uh, of course, follow on there to see us here usually every Sunday, um, as well as obviously the UK EL matches. Otherwise, if you're watching back later on on YouTube or listening on Spotify, you can follow there too. Um, and if you've, you're sort of watching on YouTube or Twitch and you can obviously see see our lovely faces, you'll also see our Twitters on the screen as well. So uh, do feel free to follow us directly. And with that, yeah, I think we're uh, all done. So that's it. Thanks for watching.